Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warriors Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 33 years. Wow, what a big day in surgery this week. Yesterday was just awesome. My first case, football player in his 30s, early 30s. Just like Bo Jackson, your body takes a beating, particularly the hip joint. Hockey players, basketball players, just look around. I'll just name a few people that you all know. They played basketball, had to have hip surgery. Obviously, Michael Thompson, we love. Will Chamberlain, Larry Brown, Mike Shashevsky, Phil Jackson. Every one of those folks played basketball in their past and then became coaches. But that wear and tear, now we can address the issues much earlier so you don't have to be tortured. But it was a great day. This whole week, hip surgery, knee surgery. I began the week with four big sports cases. Someone else did rotator cuff surgery on this patient. The whole thing fell apart. I had to redo it. It's bad enough when you're operating on something that is virgin territory. But when you throw in scar tissue from previous surgery, oh boy, that makes it all that much trickier as a surgeon. Because you need to stay away from the artery and the nerve. But if it's buried in scar tissue, you can't see the different planes as easily. My teacher, my professor, Dr. Philip Wilson at Special Surgery, may he rest in peace. But in 1984, I'll never forget my very first surgery as a resident, doing a complicated hip surgery with him. Ten hours we were going to be in the operating room. Can you imagine? Everybody knew that. He did one case a day. Ten hours. He were there all day. And this one patient had multiple hip surgeries, and now we had to redo it all. Just massive scar tissue. Couldn't You couldn't distinguish one layer from the other. Skin, subcutaneous fat, fascia, periosteum, that material coats the, around the bone. All these different seven-layer cake. Here's a clap revision for you. That your body, look at your own hand. Look at the back of your hand. Pinch the skin. 
you're pinching just skin, but under that skin is fat, fascia, tendons, bone. It's a seven-layer cake with beautiful layers. You have surgery, it all becomes one. And Dr. Wilson said to me, Robert, get to the bone. As an orthopedic surgeon, you're doing complicated cases on redo, redo, redo patients. Quickly as you can, get to the bone. The bone is your friend. And once you get to the bone in your dissection, then you can safely move away from it so that you don't accidentally cut a nerve or an artery because you can't see it very well in the scar tissue. It's amazing. Those teachers you have, those words of wisdom, they stay in your head for the rest of your life. Dr. Ranawat, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. He's right. My father, measured twice, cut once. These are simple, beautiful ways to live your life. Mm. I'm so excited for today's show because my guest comes from a different world of medicine than mine. I'm a carpenter who became a doctor. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I use drills and saws and hammers. I love it. But if my dad was Vincent Laporcio, I'd be a plumber in medicine. And who is that? A urologist. That's right. The plumbing. So important. It's a whole different world. And my guest at 815, he's a young pup at Cedar sinai He just started. Less than a year. He's a urologist. And he has a passion for urology, which is what I love. And I cannot wait to talk to him. And what's the topic I'm choosing to talk about? A topic that will save your life. And I'm talking to the men. I know there's lots of beautiful women listening to this show. But today's topic is about the prostate. Because men get cancer. We all do to some extent. Does it become significant or not? That's a whole different story. And that simple test where you can feel the prostate, the digital rectal exam, this young doctor doesn't have it yet because it takes time for you to have that precision. It's not an indictment. He's a great doctor. But to be able to have that subtle feel on the tip of your finger of, uh uh-oh, I feel a hard spot on something that should be soft. Or I feel a big spot on something that should be smaller. The information from that, look at your finger now, palms up, look at your index finger. That's all I'm going to talk about today is that pad, that finger pad, that tip of your finger not the nail bed, the other side of the finger, that touch pad that you have. How important light touch of your index finger is. And you may say, well, Dr. Clapper, that's a prostate exam. Leave us alone. What do we care about light touch pad? No, because you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. I live in those worlds. And I think they're all the same, if you can connect the dots. Okay, Mr. Big Shot, Dr. Big Shot, where are you going to find the power and the subtleties of light touch 
in art, in sports, and in surgery. Well, you may want to have a listen to this guy. You're getting to be all that matters to me. That's right. What does Stevie Wonder singing my favorite song, All I Do, have to do with your index finger and a prostate exam and light touch? Well, I'm going to tell you, it has everything to do with Stevie Wonder. is think about you every Saturday, the Weekend Warrior Show. Right, Wilbert? That's all we think about. What does that have to do with light touch? Well, six years ago, the song of the year at the Grammys was going to be presented. Ed Sheeran was ultimately the winner. I'm not giving anything away here. But who's going to be presenting it? Stevie Wonder. Yeah, how the hell is he going to have an envelope with the winner? And look and read the answer. He's blind. Thank you very much. But God bless Stevie Wonder because he made not only a joke about it, so funny that he couldn't stop laughing himself, but he always uses his platform to speak for others with disabilities. So listen to Stevie Wonder being given the task of open the envelope and tell us who the song of the year is. Listen to him. Can't read it, you can't read Braille. Ah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> That's right. Stevie I just want to say before saying the winner that we need to make every single thing accessible to every single person with a disability. Stevie Wonder had the envelope printed with Braille. Those little bumps. They give the power to the tip of your finger. It's awesome. Do you know anything about Braille? That's why I love this show. I know it's a big audience. I know I got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Mandy's. But what I love about this show is I'm the biggest fan of the show because I had to do some homework and learn about Braille. 1820, Louis Braille, Louis Braille, a Frenchman, blind, invents a way to read. And, of course, his own institution rejects him. His entire life, no one will listen to him, gets tuberculosis and dies, and then all of a sudden they discover, wow, that's an amazing thing. Thank you, he's dead. But Braille came about by Louis Braille. He figured out how to make this elegant way for the tip of your finger and light touch to allow people like Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles to change our lives. Billy Joel said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but more important in American music than Elvis Presley was Ray Charles. Billy Joel said that. And wait till you hear an interview I have of Ray Charles, because he can read Braille, with Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett says, Ray, if I go and wave a wand right now and you could see, would you want it? You know what Ray Charles says? No, I'm good. I feel sorry for you guys who could see. Wait, you're going to have to hear that. And I'll do that in the next segment.
So that's art, Braille, and I'm going to teach you all about what's involved with Braille. It is fascinating, simple, but elegant, what Louis Braille invented. And what about in the world of sports? Where the hell am I going to find the power of the light touch in sports? Well, there are two baseball players, pitchers, near and dear to my heart in my lifetime. Two of them. Sandy Koufax, who wait till you hear the soundbite of Hank Aaron, the greatest home run hitter of all time, telling you how much he feared Sandy Koufax. But the other pitcher from the St. Louis Cardinals, and in 1968, which I have all the baseball cards, my mother did not throw them away, which is amazing. I have them in a shoebox. She's the only Jewish mother. Mother, She should be my mother in the Guinness World Record book. She's the only Jewish mother who didn't throw away her son's baseball cards. I have 1968. And in 1968, the most valuable player in baseball was a pitcher, and his name was Bob Gibson. He had two pitches, a fastball, a split finger, two, two seam fastball. And, but the pitch that really allowed him to destroy everybody, his ERA, I think, was less than one that year. The World Series struck out 17 patients, patients uh, players in a row, was a, something called a slider. So it came super fast, and then the, the bottom would drop out on it. It would slide down. And you're going to hear a soundbite of how the hell do you do that? Well, guess what? Bob Gibson's going to tell you. It's in the power of moving his little finger, his index finger. That tip, just slightly, is the difference between that ball going 90, 100 miles an hour at you versus the bottom dropping out of it as a slider. And what about food? Wow! Wait till I tell you about food. Because when I think of Braille, I think of a flat sheet with a bump. Six of them. That's what the panel is on Braille. It has to be as big as the bottom of the tip of your finger. Six bumps. Well, when I think of what would be a Braille food, there's only one thing. A flat surface that has a bump. That, weekend warriors, is ravioli. And where is the best ravioli in Los Angeles? Go on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Clapper. You'll see a picture of what I had for lunch yesterday courtesy of the great Chuck Burchett and Colin Black. And this jewel of a restaurant is, I'll give you a hint, well, it is the best Italian restaurant for ravioli in Los Angeles and in New York and in Italy for my dime. My mouth is watering already. This is what you got to do. You got to take their bread. Their bread is amazing. They'll give you butter. The butter will melt. Take that butter, smear it on the bread they're going to give you. You dip it in the red marinara sauce as you eat that cheese and spinach ravioli. Your life will change. You may want to light up a cigarette and have a cup of coffee because it's orgasmic to eat this ravioli. Where is this place? Well, I'm going to tell you a little later in the show. But thank you, Chuck and Colin. Best lunch you could ever have I had yesterday. 
And don't forget, we'll do some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. I definitely want to talk about the Angels and their relief pitcher because he has what's known as a radial head fracture in his elbow, and he's out. What is a radial head fracture? You'll need some clap revision, and I'll give you a hint. It'll include that mouse you use for the computer. Coming up next, though, we're going to get into the power that lives on that little pad at your index finger in art and sports and surgery. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's time for Clapper Killies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Where has this been my whole life? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Stevie Wonder. The great Stevie Wonder. He's the most underrated, and he is so famous, but he's still underrated. The impact he has had on all of us. But again, 2006. The lines are lit up already. What am I supposed to do here, Wilbert? You want to take this call? Okay. I'm going to interrupt the show right now. There's too many callers. Let's go to, who do you want to go to? Let's go to Mark. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, Dr. Clapper. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. How can I help you? I have a trigger finger in my right thumb. Uh, It happened probably about six months ago. I don't know how I got the injury, um, but I went to a physical therapist. He gave me some exercises. Forget about it. If it didn't, it's all all, uh, That that ain't going to work. You don't do physical therapy for a trigger finger. That's a bunch of nonsense. Hey, listen, how young are you? What do you do for a living? I am 56 years old, and I sell commercial real estate. Well, I have the answer of why you're getting a trigger finger. You have altacocoritis, and your doctor don't even know what that is because you live in Orange County. There's no altacocoritis doctors down there. But at Cedars-Sinai, we know what altacocoritis is. Because trust me, when you're 30, you're not having a trigger finger in your thumb. But at 56, you're getting it. Because you listen to the show, you know what Clapper Vision is? Yes, I do. All right, I'm going to give you a Clapper Vision. It's your lucky day. I'm going to explain to you what the hell's going on with your thumb. So, to the weekend warriors listening in on our conversation, look at your hand now, palms up, and look at your thumb. Flex your thumb, straighten your thumb. A trigger finger, and Mark will tell you, is you flex it down, and oy vey, you can't pop it straight again. You can't extend it. It gets stuck. And it and when you try to forcefully straighten it, it's like a trigger. It like pops. So the the clap revision is this. If you go fishing and you've got a fishing pole, what keeps the fishing line next to the fishing pole gives you a mechanical advantage. So if you're lucky enough and the fish takes the hook and that 
rod bends, you can use the stiffness of the rod along with the fishing line to mechanically get this fish that wants to fight with you out of the water. That's how you go fishing. So how do you keep the fishing line next to the stiff rod to take advantage of the fishing pole? Those tiny loops that the fishing line rides next to the fishing pole with. Okay, so clearly the fishing line is thinner than the loops along the fishing line every six inches going up the line itself. Capiche, that makes sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, what if one of two things happens? What if all of a sudden the fishing line got swollen, fat, filled with fluid, the fishing line, and it got so thick that it was thicker than the loop that it's supposed to ride on the fishing line through? That would be swelling in the tendon. So the tendon is the fishing line. This is the clapper vision. And the fishing pole, the stiffness, so that you can pick up a Michelob Ultra, which I love thanks to the Super Bowl. If you want to pick it up, you've got to use that thumb to grasp it. But what gives you the mechanical advantage to lift a dumbbell as well as a Michelob Ultra, that stiffness of the fishing rod is the bones that make up your fingers. They're the fishing pole. The fishing line are the tendons. Well, what are the loops? You can see the loops on a fishing rod. What are the loops on your fingers? Looking palms up, you can't see it. You see the skin. Well, trust me, below the skin of your hand are loops. They're called pulleys, and there's lots of them that go up and down the index finger, the long finger, and especially the thumb. You have to be very careful as a surgeon because the nerves, there's two on either side of the tendon that go right up the, the finger. And if you have an aggressive surgeon doesn't pay attention to the cutaneous, I should say the digital nerve, you can do a very simple operation and actually hit the nerves. So you got to be careful. You got to go someone really good for this. But it's a very, back in the day, I used to do a lot of this kind of surgery, local anesthesia. It's awesome to be able to fix it. But if the fishing line gets too fat or swollen, it gets stuck. Or here's the second thing that can happen. The loop or the pulley that the fishing line should ride through, that the tendon should ride through, if it gets too fat and too thick, then the, it doesn't glide. The line doesn't glide through the loop. It gets stuck. Gag is into Hague. That is what a trigger finger is. You either have too swollen of a tendon or too swollen of a pulley. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this is the one and only case that I would tell you the first thing you should try before you have surgery, and th physical therapy is a waste of time. I hate cortisone shots. I hate them because they mess up the natural condition, if you will. But in this case, going to a hand surgeon that I trust to give you a shot, let them give you one because sometimes you can hit a home run. But if not, then you will need, I wouldn't have a second or a third shot because it would weaken the tendon. Under local anesthesia, outpatient, you can actually snip the pulley and your body can spare it, this A1 pulley, because you have six others. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. You can now have a finger that moves beautifully with this simple, elegant operation. So I'm gonna give you a couple of names at Cedars, of people who could take care of my trigger thumb. Okay, you ready? 
One of yep. them, his name is Ryan Della Majura. I can't even spell it, but look it up. D-E-L. It's like Matthew Della Vadova. Don't even try to spell that name, but LeBron James needed him to win a ring. It's not Della okay. Vadova. It's Della Majura, Ryan. And there's another guy that's great, Eugene Tsai, T-S-A-I. My favorite, though, is David Kolber, K-U-L-B-E-R. But they're all great. They are terrific at helping you get through a trigger thumb. And when you call, good luck getting an appointment. But you do one thing. Now that you're a member of the congregation of the Weekend Warrior Show, tell them you're Dr. Clapper's cousin. Dr. Clapper sent you right away, like uh, Moses dividing the Red Sea. They'll move you right to the front of the line, okay? Okay, sounds good. Now listen, you're a total stranger to me. I never met you. I need you today to find. I'm a t- helping. T- I'm, I'm I'm doing a thing for two people today. That's right. Well, there you go. Total stranger. You do something nice. That's how you'll be thanking me, and you and me will make the world a slightly better place today by doing that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much, Doctor Clapper. It's my pleasure to help you. God bless you, young man. All right, I think I'm just gonna take other calls because it's crazy i'll get it i don't want to give up the show these sound bites are so fantastic wilbert but let's take another call no i'm not going to take another call right now hang on the line if you want me to help you i'll do it but i got too much important stuff to do right now so stevie wonder is explaining to the world about braille and read it you can't read braille oh, na, 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 na. <laughs> I just want to say, before saying the winner, that we need to make every single thing accessible to every single person with a disability. Oh, my God. Is he not the best? Well, what is Braille? The power on the tip of your finger. Listen to this. Braille is based upon a grid of dots small enough to fit under the tip of your finger. These dots are numbered 1 through 6, and when raised in different combinations, represent different letters, numbers, and punctuation marks. Each Braille character, or cell, can be described by saying which of the dots are raised in that cell. Mm. For instance, this is a 1 cell, this is a 2 5 cell, this is a 3 4 6 cell, and this is a one, two, three, four, five, six cell, otherwise known as a full cell. So what he's describing, I know it's radio. What he's describing is a cell. It has two rows, vertical, two vertical rows of three dots. That's what it is. It's only six pressure points. And that's why I'm using ravioli. How do you make ravioli? It's a flat sheet of pasta. You put a, a, a table, a, a teaspoon of cheese or whatever filling you want right on the flat pasta. Then you take another layer of the pasta, you put it on top, that you make a bump, a bump of pasta. So Braille is six bumps on a flat surface. And which of the six bumps is raised? So not all six are raised. And so he's telling you the first ten letters, A through J, is only using the top four bumps of six possible bumps that you can use. That's my translation. Braille is actually very easy to learn. Most of it is based upon the first ten letters of the alphabet, A through J. And these letters only use the top four dots in each cell. Because of the importance of these particular letters, we'll spend just a minute trying to memorize them. And we'll do that with a story. So he's de- he now describes... A story, a mnemonic device of how to remember 
how to use the top four of the six you can use for A through J, okay? Braille is actually very easy to learn. This same pattern of dots used for letters A through J is repeated over and over again in Braille with just a few small changes. If you can remember letters A through J, you've pretty much learned Braille. So let's take away the symbols and add two more rows of cells that have the exact same pattern of dots as letters A through J. The bottom two. We'll of use the, the six. second row to represent letters K through T. And to make these cells different than the first row, we'll also raise dot three. For letters U through Z, we do the same thing, except we raise both dot three and dot six. So the lo- the the bottom two dots, the first one is raised for the next 10 letters, K through T, and T through Z has the two bottom dots raised. But it's the same top four pattern for all 26 letters. So let's look at numbers. We've already used 26 out of the possible 64 Braille characters that can be created out of six raised dots. So let's reuse letters A through J for numbers 1 through 9 plus 0. But wait a minute. When we read these characters, how do we know if they represent letters or numbers? Well, there's actually a special character that will come before a set of numbers that will let you know that, hey, these next set of characters are actually to be treated as numbers. So let's move over the cells that we have created so far and make room for this special character. And here it is. This basically looks like a backwards L, and you can think of it as turning letters into numbers. Once it's on, it stays on and all the characters you read after this character are considered numbers. It's amazing what Louis Braille invented, and it's so powerful for people who are blind that you got to hear Dick Cavett ask Ray Charles, if I could wave a wand and you could see, would you say yes? Listen to this. I've been told that some blind people who could have their sight restored have refused because they have spent most of a lifetime adjusting to it, mm-hmm. and uh, that it would just completely disorient them to have it restored. Suddenly yeah. they'd have to learn all new habits, and they have right. actually... Uh, can, can you sympathize with that? If I could wave a wand yeah. and say you will see, w- would you accept uh, that? I option? probably... Uh, w- well, let's put it this way. Uh, if, you were, if you were to say to me, look, I can wave a wand and, and you, can see, you can see right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's got to be a forever thing, I, I might would turn it down. If you were to say to me, well, I can wave it and you can see for maybe a day, I might accept that. Mm. Only because there, there, there are a couple of things that maybe I would like to see once, you know, or, you know, just so that I really would know for well, what's really happening really? that I haven't seen. Yeah, because, you know, I, as I said, you know, the, I've seen the stars and the moon and the sun, and, and I remember my mother. And, and uh, so I, I think basically I, I would probably like to see, uh, uh, you know, j- just just for once, because I see them anyway all the time, like, you know, like my kids, for instance, you know, yeah. just for, you know, just to physically see them. But actually, uh, I, I'm not all that hung up about seeing things because I do everything I want to do. I go everywhere I want to go. And, and, and with some of the news I hear about today, you know, I mean, there are some things I just absolutely don't want to see. Mm. I, really. I, and I feel sorry for you guys who have to put up with it, you know. <laughs> you said your kids. What else would be on that list of uh, things you'd really like to get one look at? Well, uh, it's really not that much. I, I, I think um, uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, some of the, you know, the, the artwork or paintings. Can you imagine? 
That's how successful using the tip of your finger, thanks to Louis Braille, is that Ray Charles telling Dick Cavett, I'm okay. That's how comfortable you can be made by giving you the power in that tip of your finger. Coming up next, we're going to talk about where do we see that in the world of sports. You got to hear these sound bites. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. From schwitzing like a piece of tuna fish. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Wow. Welcome back. Rhymes with Hit the Road Jack. Love that. Before I get into the great Bob Gitson and Sandy Koufax, we got a special guest on the line right now. Is that you, Dwayne? That's me, doctor. How are you? <laughs> Very good. I'm not used to talking to people the day after the hip surgery on the radio. I told you I'm a weekend warrior. I wanted to make a, make a call and let you know I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, man. You're going to be the happiest person in America because that hip looked like a bomb went off, and you're going to be everything came out perfect. Your leg lengths are perfectly equal. You're you're just you're such a your muscles are so strong. Be nice to yourself. It's still an operation. Gotcha. It takes time. Gotcha. But uh, when I sculpt in marble. The Italians have a great word. You know, I worship Michelangelo and try to follow in his footsteps in the operating room, but also in stone. And the Italians have a great word, piano, piano, slowly, slowly. Every time you do a step, an exercise to get up, go a little further than the time before. Rome wasn't built in a day, but you're going to be so great. What an honor it is for me to be able to help someone as pure and beautiful as you with your problem, oh, like I've done 16,000 times, and I'm so proud of you, and I can't believe I'm talking to you on the radio right now. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, Dr. Clapper. You have you've changed my life already. I can wow. even just land here. I can just tell it's just it's uh, fixed, yeah. you know? It's fixed. Your x-ray, I can't wait it's to show you your x-ray. It's like me showing you a sculpture that I just made. So, Oh, man, I'm looking forward to so it. So you got me in your back pocket. You need me. I will be there, and I can't wait to show you everything and see you in the office. Have a blessed day today, young man. I appreciate Sounds it. Good, doctor. You right. as well. You Thanks as well. for calling. Thank All right. God bless. Well, that's a first, uh, Wilbert. Having someone that I operated on yesterday call the station the next day. It's a beautiful thing. What a beautiful man he is. But that's the football player. Yeah, he's so young and terrific. But the rest of his body is fantastic, but except for one spot, and now it's fixed. Let's get into, though, the power that sits in the tip of your finger. This is the great Bob Gibson, long past his career, visits the booth one day, and they booby trap him. Hey, Bob, we got a baseball here. Show us how you did it. Show us how you threw that splitter. Why is it different than a fastball? Bob Gibson pretty much is going to tell you. It's that tip of your index finger that is the power behind why I became the MVP in 1968. 
that splitter fastball. And we, we found a baseball for you, Bob, and, and we were talking about the slider that you were showing the grip with Luke Weaver. And for fans that are watching, how did you grip it? How did you learn the slider? I, I grip my slider the same way I would a, a two-seam fastball. Only you, you put your fingers a little closer together rather than mm-hmm. spread. A little closer together, and you put a lot of pressure on that inside finger there. And and I, what I did, I, I, it was kind of like if you try to turn a doorknob and open a doorknob. The pressure of that inside finger. That's his index finger. That's the tip of his in. The same finger. Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, use to create history in music for all of us. Braille, the power. When I talk to Ariel at 8.15 about how to feel your prostate, no joke. You can smile in your car right now. How the hell is Dr. Clapper talking about a prostate with Bob Gibson Sandy Koufax and Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles because if you can train your brain to see cancer by the feel of the tip of your finger, it's life and death for a patient. But if you can't feel it, then you're not helping your patient by doing a digital rectal exam. And it takes time. It takes time for you to say, you know what? It doesn't feel right. It feels too hard. It feels too big. We're going to get into it at 8.15, but more from Bob Gibson. And it was like that. And and then when you wanted a bigger one, you would do it kind of, but then you'd break your wrist. Mm -hmm. And you wear that that, that kind of thing that looked like a helicopter. And if it didn't Mm. go down in a way, they'd hit it like five miles. Yeah, (laughs) the, 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 the good slider from a catcher's standpoint came with a dime spin it was tightly but the quarter spin that was a trouble slider Ozuna pops it up on the infield almost always hit hard Mm, what a lovely man Bob Gibson may you rest in peace he had a good life lived to be 84 but it's okay as long as you left it down if you had it down you could get away with that and a lot of times it would act pretty much as a changeup but if you got that up in the air there, you know, up high, they hardly ever missed it. Hardly ever missed it. We had a shot of, of you and Luke Weaver in the dugout before you guys were introduced. You appreciate it when a young guy says, all right, how'd you do it? I saw the video. Tell me something. What am I doing? And what were you doing there? I, I was showing him how you hang it, and they hit it real far. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do this. Because he's a pitcher on the other team. That's why. But here's Tim McCarver, his Long-time catcher telling you, when you master that light touch with the tip of your finger, you get into a rhythm as a pitcher. You're so communicating that information from the tip of your finger to your brain. You get in a zone. And Tim McCarver is going to teach us. I'm a catcher. I caught Bob Gibson. When he got in that zone, when that tip of his finger was telling his brain what to do and telling his muscles and his body what to do, the job of the catcher is to recognize that and stay the hell out of the way. The catcher actually isn't telling the pitcher what to do. When your pitcher gets in that zone, 
where that communication of the tip of his finger to the baseball is at 100, as Ben Lyons would say. You're not telling the pitcher what to do. He's telling you what he needs to pitch. Listen to this. The biggest thing that we learned together was to to call pitches to Bob's rhythm. You didn't. You, the, the one thing that catchers learn, you don't really count in in handling a pitcher. The pitcher actually handles you, not the other way around. And Bob said, "Look, the first thing you think about, put it down. Fastball. He had a curveball to left-handers that he'd throw ever so yeah, seldomly. Once in a while. Once in a while. But the slider, primarily one and three. Mm. How interesting is that? And then my favorite pitcher. I told you this too. Bob Gitson. Who's the other one? Sandy Koufax. Because of Sandy Koufax. Yes, the power in his arm. Get it. The power he had. But it was the spinning of the baseball. What happens when you spin that baseball? Yes, sometimes it goes out of control. And you're going to hear Vince Scully talking about the first time he ever saw Vince Scully. And how he blew it. Well, I'll let Vince Scully, just because it's fun to hear Vince Scully speak. I must be the worst baseball scout in the whole world. And I'll tell you why. Has to do with Kopak. One ball and one strike. The day that he was going to try out with the Dodgers. Kind of a bleak Saturday afternoon. Game was over. I knew some kid was going to try out, and I thought, well, I've got nowhere to go. Single. I'll just uh, hang out in the ballpark and go watch this kid who was just about my age. Now, this is Vin talking about, we're talking in the 50s. This is early Sandy Koufax. This is when that touchpad on the tip of his finger is not yet sophisticated. You don't read Braille the first time you try it. You don't know there's prostate cancer the first time you examine a patient. Takes time. Listen to Vince Scully talking about, oy vey, did I miss it when I first saw Sandy Koufax. So I went down to the clubhouse, I walked in, and I saw the fellow who was going to try out, and my first thought was, no chance. Ball three. The reason I said no chance was because he had a suntan. I don't mean the so-called truck driver suntan, where only your forearms are tan because you're wearing a uniform. No, no, he was completely tan. He was, I thought, well, he spent all the time on the beach not playing baseball. <laughs> He's getting the tip of his finger ready for a beautiful career, Vince Scully. So I waited, and he put on the tryout uniform and went down to the right field corner in Ebbets Field, the bullpen. There are only a couple of people there to watch. 3-2 pitch, fouled away. And he threw pretty hard, not any harder than uh, some of the guys I faced when I was trying to play ball in college. And he bounced some curveballs, and I thought, well, he's just a fella who they're taking a look at and spends his time on the beach. And that'll be that. I'll probably never see him again. Yeah, right. Way to go, Ben. <laughs> and now listen to the best soundbite as it relates to the power of the tip of your finger in baseball. 
it isn't that you can throw the ball 105 miles an hour, which, you know, many of them can do. It's putting the spin on the ball. And guess what happens? The ball can rise. It can go against gravity. Now, a scientist, a physicist will tell you that's impossible. So listen to Hank Aaron when asked by this interviewer, who's the greatest pitcher you ever saw and why? He's going to say it's Sandy Koufax because that ball rises when he threw it. He put so much spin with the tip of his finger on that seam. The interview goes, well, you know, Hank Aaron, scientists say that's not possible. And Henry Aaron's going to say the classy gentleman that he is. Scientists don't play baseball. I love this soundbite. Koufax, he threw a fastball, and that ball would start here, and by the time you swing it, it would hop a little bit up here. Scientists say can't happen. Ball can't rise. I don't know. I don't think they ever played baseball. <laughs> I, I don't think they did. It may not sound logical, but it rises. And I, I don't want to get into an argument with scientists, but I, I have to say that in some cases they make a mistake. <laughs> You're right, Henry Aaron. You are absolutely right. Scientists make a mistake and they don't play baseball. When you put that index finger on that seam of a two-seam fastball and you're Sandy Koufax, that ball goes up against gravity like no other. The power, whether you're doing a prostate exam, reading Braille, or throwing a two-seam fastball or slider. I love it. Let's take some calls. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? <laughs> Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Preop. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. One day, Wilbert, we're going to have to play MC Hammer and Nine Inch Nails. That'll be a Carpenter's Dream sequence. As the son of a carpenter, I know a lot about hammers and I know a lot about nails. But what I used to say to the great coach Dave Miller, hip-hop, I know a lot about the hip, not about the hop. <laughs> he knew about the hop. All right, let's take some calls. The lines are lit up. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Herb in Bakersfield. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, good morning, doctor. Thank you for the line. Appreciate uh, it. It's my pleasure. Sure. How young are you? Um, what do you do for a living? I'm a field uh, network technician. Oh, wow. And how young are you? I am 51. And you live in Bakersfield? I do, sir. Just moved out here two years ago from L.A. Can I give you some unbelievable weekend warrior advice? Do you listen to the show? You know it's all about the food, right? Correct. You now live in a neighborhood that has the best chocolate cake 
I have ever eaten. Can you imagine? And I'm a chocoholic. You know what it's I called? called? It not too long ago. Sweet surrender. Did called? you go there? Sweet sir, there it is. I'm gonna write it down now. You I write it down. Not too long ago. Sweet yes, surrender. <laughs> go in there. Tell them Dr. Clapper sent you. Maybe they'll give you a slice for free because God knows what it costs. <laughs> but sweet surrender. That's the best damn chocolate cake. You may have moved to Bakersfield, which is far away, but you just moved right next door <laughs> to the best chocolate cake in Los Angeles. Wow. All right, young man. How can I help you? What's up? Yes, sir. So as I mentioned, I called uh, not too long ago regarding my shoulder um, okay. where I injured it uh, playing basketball. Uh, my left shoulder going up for a um, for a rebound. And it was a slight injury, uh, doctor. And uh, I didn't do anything about it. Um, I didn't, unfortunately, uh, didn't uh, ice it down. I didn't take the uh, uh, inflammatories. Mm-hmm. So fast forward uh, a couple weeks ago, again, uh, with my son wrestling, <laughs> boxing actually, like, I'm jabbing, 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 and once again. How old is your son? How old is this little guy who has to deal with you? Twenty-three. <laughs> oh, okay. He's not so little. He can handle himself. How, no. Just give, just for yes, fun. Sir. How tall are you? How much do you weigh? How tall is your son? How much does he weigh? Uh, so same height and weight: five seven, one seventy. Of solid muscle. I can, <laughs> yes, I, I can tell already, Herb. This is two two cats two cats of solid muscle. Thank you very. Much. These are not Jew, you're not Jewish, Herb. These are two guys of solid muscle. This is like it's not Clapper <laughs> fighting Max Kellerman, which would be two Jewish guys going at it. This is Herb and his son. And is he Herb Junior? Uh, Edward Junior, actually. Okay. Sorry, Herbert <laughs> Edward Junior. There you go. He's a junior. Thank you very much. I got the whole picture painted right now. Are you a righty? Is he a righty? You're a lefty. He's a lefty. What's going on? We're both righties, but I was jabbing with my left when when I re-injured it. So it's the left shoulder, the non-dominant shoulder. It is, correct. Okay, cool. Did you get an MRI? So I did not. What I actually did, though, I uh, iced it down, took some disinflammatories, and uh, the pain subsided. Good. uh, Plenty. Uh, What it is now is just uh, I feel pressure instead of stinger. Okay, so let me tell you something. The body's natural way to tell you and me that there's a problem are symptoms. And this giant world we live in of drug companies actually is not focusing on problems. They make money on symptoms. So they're not really going after the pneumonia. They're going after the cough, right? They're not going after the arthritis that's in your knee. They're going after the swelling. There's no money in treating the reason. The money is actually in the symptoms. Well, guess what? Our bodies are built to have symptoms so that you know there's a problem. That's what inflammation is. It's a way of the body trying to heal itself, but also to tell you there's a problem. So if you take medication to make the, the symptoms, the swelling, the stinger as you describe it go away but you're not solving the problem don't here's a clapper vision you ready herb for a clapper vision here's a clapper vision for you don't give me robitussin for your cough if you've got pneumonia you need antibiotics for the pneumonia not robitussin don't give me a medicine for the symptom you ain't solving the problem don't give me a cortisone shot for the swelling and the inflammation if you're not solving the fact that the reason I have pain in my shoulders, 
I tore my rotator cuff or my labrum or my biceps tendon. So you got to listen to me, Herb. You got to get yourself an MRI. And trust me, these guys are going to fight with you. The mafia is going to fight with you. And you tell them you got got a second opinion from who? Dr. Clapper. K-L-A-P-P-A-H. I'm just kidding. It's E-R. But you tell them, doctors, that's how, that's how Kobe said my name, Clapper. You got you to gotta get an MRI. You don't need dye injected. That's painful and, in my opinion, no. unnecessary. Just get a regular damn MRI. Just like Keyshawn Johnson says, throw me the damn ball. You get the damn MRI. Call here. Wilbert will move you to the front of the line. Have it in front of you. You'll read me the impression, and then I'm going to tell you what to do. Right now... No one has any idea because no one has x-ray vision. I have clapper vision, but not x-ray vision. So you need an MRI, and then you're going to call here, Herb, and I will make this all happen for you. Okay? You got it, uh, doctor. Thank you very much for the All right. Now, listen, be nice to that uh, Edward Jr. over there. Don't uh, knock him out. Thank you very much. (laughs) And you got to tell him one thing. It's not too late. He's 23 years old. When you say to him, Edward Jr., what are you going to do with your life? No matter what answer he gives you, you got to be like my mother. You need to look him in the eye and go, first, Edward, you got to be a doctor. Then you could do whatever you want. So that's the thing. We need Ed Jr. to become a doctor. Anyway, thank you for calling. God bless you. Find a total stranger today, Herb, and do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right? Will do. All right. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Talk soon. All right. Well, Warriors, that was delightful. But I really want to talk about ravioli. The sauce that the ravioli floats in is very underrated. The sauce of this ravioli that I'm going to send you to has the most delicious tang to it. And it's as red as a red rose. The tomatoes are so San Marzano plum tomatoes from Italy. Because these are Italians making this sauce. And when you bust open the ravioli and that white ricotta cheese and spinach, which is green dots, you've got yourself the Italian flag that you're looking at. The red sauce, the white cheese, and the green spinach. It's as Italian as it gets. You don't need to deal with the headache of flying to Italy right now with the airplanes and the covid and all the nonsense everybody has to deal with, the flight cancellations and a passport. No! You can get in your car and drive to this place. And they'll give you bread. They'll give you butter. And for health reasons, you should get a salad because they have amazing balsamic vinegar dressing. That's what I ate yesterday for lunch. And I'll be honest, I had two plates of this, which was a mistake because I had two more surgeries to do. And I'm like going, oh, my God, maybe I should not have had a second plating. Second helping, but it's so good. It's the best ravioli you're going to have in Los Angeles. And I'm going to tell you in the next hour where that is. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you some stories because my guest at 815 is going to talk about the power in that tip of your finger, feeling a prostate, the power in that finger in sports and Sandy Koufax and Bob Gibson and the power in reading Braille, Stevie Wonder, and Ray Charles. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.